2: And here we go off the heels of the JT The Brick Show, which, of course, followed the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bonsignor, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. It is Unnecessary Roughness for the next three hours, 2 to 5 p.m. Lindsey Brown in this afternoon, filling in for Damon, who's on vacation. And every single day, it's been a rotator behind the wheels of steel. But we got Lindsay back. We're excited to have her. She always brings great energy and, of course, a lot of great information. So we're here for you, Raider Nation, the next three hours. Want to hear from you, of, of course, as always, at 702 365 200 in the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword r and excited about the show that we have lined up for you always have a lot of good guests and some really good topics to bring to the table and uh, again your uh, your contribution to the show is always appreciated so coming up on the show today starting at two thirty, our good friend Vinny boston york just messaged him from the uh, from the morning tailgate he'll be joining us at two thirty to talk all things silver and black because they have a lot of different visitors coming in and out of the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ, matter of fact, Bryce Young is in today. On Monday, quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky was in. Tomorrow, Anthony Richardson will be in. And it's not just quarterbacks. It's plenty of different players. So a lot of private workouts are going on. The top 30 visits is what they're calling it as they're getting closer and closer and closer to that day at the end of April, April 27th. And it's so funny looking at the calendar right now saying, OK, it's April 6th. It's going to be a while man please <laughs> please 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 it will be here sooner rather than later we'll be looking up and we'll be in kansas city we'll be covering the first round and the second and third round and then be coming back on saturday april 29th so we're going to be locked and loaded here on radio nation radio 920 all things draft and we're very excited about that so coming up at two thirty, 30 vinnie boston from the rj and rnr 9 20 a.m the morning tailgate will join us to talk all things silver and black and as we continue to deep dive on some of these players and we've done a lot of really uh extensive work on some of the quarterbacks some of the players uh with devin witherspoon we talked about him yesterday we talked about christian gonzalez we've done a lot of deep diving well we're going to continue to do that today uh we're going to have stefan Kreisnick. he's going to join us from the clarion ledger and he's going to talk all things emmanuel forbes he covers mississippi state like a glove And you'll see why we're going to talk Emmanuel Forbes, because today the kind of the theme of the show is going to be players that we're not necessarily talking about. We've talked a lot about Bryce Young, talked a lot about C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, talked about Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson, Devin Witherspoon, uh, Christian Gonzalez, and the list goes on and on and on. But the guys that we aren't talking about is really going to be kind of the theme of today's show. And Emmanuel Forbes, I, I think I pick a guy or two every year, that I feel like enough people aren't talking about. And for me, Emmanuel Forbes is the guy for me, and uh, and I say it all the time, DBs win games, and, you know, we've had plenty of discussion if the Raiders should go with a a corner at seven or if they should go and get a defensive lineman and what makes more sense. I'll tell you this, Emmanuel Forbes is not a guy that's going to go number seven. He might end up at the back end of the first round. If the Raiders have an opportunity to go get this guy, I would be just fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I'd be just fine. A guy that had 14 career interceptions in school, a guy that had six pick sixes in school. Uh, Todd McShay mentioned him uh, that on the conference call that I was on with him just the other day. Uh, he talked about him and, and how he's a guy that's really starting to climb up a lot of different uh, draft boards. And so he's the guy to pay attention to. He's basically my version of, I don't want to say Sauce Gardner because Sauce Gardner was almost a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned a year ago, but he was, he's my version of Tariq Woolen. Derek Woolen was a guy that anyone who listened to the show uh, a year ago at this time uh, heard me pounding the table. The young man from UTSA, he was a guy that, you know, was not really a a, a very polished uh, player coming out of school, coming out of UTSA, but he was a guy that you saw had the playmaker ability. Well, Emmanuel Forbes has more than just the playmaker ability. He's proven it uh, time and time again. So, I mean, he's probably a little bit further ahead than a Tariq one which is why he could end up going at the back end of the first round, maybe drop to the second round. I think if you're the Raiders, you're hoping he drops it to the second round. There's a good chance that he's going to be gone. A lot of the mock drafts I've seen, he's been around number 25, 26, 27, but you never know how those things go, how it shakes out on uh, you know, on draft day, and sometimes guys drop to a round that they don't expect to drop to. So I think if you're the Raiders and Emmanuel Forbes is on your radar, that's a guy that you're looking at hoping maybe he drops to the back uh, or the front of, uh, of round two, or maybe – the Raiders see him and like him and decide they want to trade up to the back end of round one and to go pick him up. But uh, that's one of the guys that I am really got my eye on. So uh, Stefan uh, Kreischnick will join us from the Clarion-Ledger at 3 o'clock to really break him down as he covers Mississippi State like a glove. Paloma Villicana, our good friend from Fox 5 Sports, she usually joins us on Wednesdays. But, Lindsay, I don't know if you heard the story about Paloma yesterday, and we will talk, we will talk to her about this. We're actually going to lead the conversation off with this. She was uh, supposed to join us yesterday at 3.30, but she was walking around the mall and her phone was dying oh. and she didn't have a charger.
0: Oh, we don't have the portable charger yet. We had to get those festival plans and bags ready to go.
2: Man, I'm telling you, but I thought this would have been the G move. Like If it had been me and I knew I had a, a, a interview lined up for a certain time and my phone was dying... I would have walked into like the Apple store. I would have walked plug into in. and just plug in and be like, hey, you know, I need to try this out or, hey, could, you know what I mean?
0: just Right. Can I, I just did... chill for the next 15 minutes or so? You know what I mean? Like, it's not that... like you're using their phone anymore. I used to right. say, well, you're a paying customer. Can you use the bathroom? Or at least just go sit in your car like every normal
2: human being and stare
0: into the abyss.
2: I'm just saying. So that would have been the G move. But yeah. I didn't want to put too much pressure on her. That's so all right. We her can her get phone... a Thursday <laughs> visit
0: in. Right. It's all good.
2: <laughs> her phone died yesterday on us. So we didn't get an opportunity to talk to her. So we will. Uh, Talk to Paloma Villicana from Fox 5 Sports coming up at 3.30. And UNLV has their spring showcase at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday, and it's free. So if you're in the community, you're hanging out, you're looking for something to do on on Saturday, you don't want to go do whatever you normally would do, but you want to go check out what UNLV under Coach Barry Odom might look like this upcoming season, go check them out. Again, it's all the way free. How often am I going to say, come on the radio and say, hey, your opportunity to get in Allegiant Stadium is free this Saturday? You're not going to get that very often. I mean, it's just reality of it. It's not going to happen. Even high school games cost money to get into. Right. So
0: It's expensive to exist these days.
2: It sure is. You ain't lying. Yeah, Everything. get the
0: VIP bathroom experience. You never
2: get it again. <laughs> right, right. No doubt. So uh, we'll talk all things UNLV with Paloma Villacana coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, very excited about our guest that we have. Four o'clock, kind of been advertising this all day long on uh, Twitter and social media. If you follow me at your boy Q254 or even at R&R 920 AM, my man, James Arcelana. Uh, He's the guy that me and him really got things started. Uh, Many years ago, we started this podcast called the Black Hole Banter Podcast, and he's in Oakland, and I was in Texas at the time, and uh, really we met by way of Twitter. Right, he just kind of put it out on Twitter like, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting a Raiders podcast. Uh, Who'd like to do it with me?" And I'm in Texas, so I'm talking Cowboys, I'm talking Texans, I'm talking Baylor. I'm talking, you know, I'm doing everything but Raiders conversation. So I was like, "Hey." That could fill some of my time. That'd be cool, you know. I like to talk to Raiders, and uh, I'm not talking to a lot of Raiders here. So yeah, let's do it. So we started doing this podcast, and it kind of grew and grew and grew, and it really had some really. I think we, I think we went about three or four good years. Like it was, it was pretty good. Really? Maybe it wasn't three or four. You years. You had excess
0: time to start a Raiders podcast while working in Texas. No, I'm shocked.
2: I, uh, I, <laughs> I actually, I, I felt like I, I didn't have time, but somehow we always found a way to do it. Right? We did at least one show every single week, and it was, it was fun. And, and at that time. And this is just me, and maybe I didn't know better. But at that time, I felt like there wasn't a lot of outlets talking Raiders, right? And that, for me, that was always my big thing you coming up. You
0: saw a need, and you thought, you know what? Who could fill this? But you me. know what's
2: funny is I always have felt that way. When I was yeah. coming up in the Bay and the Raiders were a really good team, I felt like there wasn't enough people and enough outlets talking about the team. And I always wondered why. Right, I would turn yeah. on Sports Center, and even, like I said, even when they were really good, I felt like they were the last team that was always showing the highlight. Oh, and here comes the Raiders, and Chris Berman would have fun. The Raiders, you know, and he'd bring right. that up, but it was always a small clip, and then it was over. So I always wondered why they never got the attention that I thought they should get. So even when I was doing music radio in Fresno at Q97... I would always talk about the Raiders on, on the radio. My boss would get mad. He's like, we're not a sports station. This is not the programming we agreed to. <laughs> right, And right. now you're
0: in that position. Right, yeah, exactly. you get it now, full so, circle. Yeah, yeah,
2: I definitely yeah, get it now. Yeah. I totally understand it. But, yeah, it was so funny because he would get so mad at me, and, you know, it all ended up working out, obviously. So uh, James A long story short, he'll join us at 4 o'clock. He put out a All Raiders Draft Guide. And at this time of the year, everyone's getting their draft guides. Everyone's trying to uh, figure out exactly who they want the Raiders to select and, and, and what other teams are going to do. But every single year at this draft time, James puts out a, a a draft guide that is all silver and black related, like guys that he feels could be good fits for the Raiders. So we'll talk about the guide. He, he put it out there. He put it out there on Twitter. Uh, so if you want to pick it up, you can. It's it's like like five bucks or something. So it's very, it's very cheap. He does a hell of a job with it. I always usually buy like three or four of them just to show the homie a little bit of love because, again, that's a lot of work and he does really great detailed work on it. So uh, he'll he'll join us at four o'clock. Little reunion to blackholebanter.com, which is obviously no, no longer existing, but still, uh, it was great to get started with James. So he'll join us at four o'clock. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. 2.30, Vinny Bonsignor will start us off. 3 o'clock, we'll have Stefan Kreischnick from uh, the Clarion Ledger to talk all things Emmanuel Forbes. Paloma Villacana at 3.30, and James Arcelana, blackholebanter.com, his new draft guide coming up at 4. So those are the guests that we have lined up for the show today. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. Mm-hmm.
3: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: So you kind of already know the theme of today's show. As I mentioned, Emmanuel Forbes kind of went on a little bit of a, a rant about him. Uh, he's the guy that I'm looking at that kind of is flying under the radar that a lot of people aren't really talking about. Last year for me, it was Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. He ended up being a fifth-round pick to Seattle. Also, I was looking at Fedarian Mathis. Uh, out of Alabama he was a second round pick to Washington unfortunately for Mathis he didn't I think he played four snaps in 2022 and then got injured and was out the rest of the season so he didn't really uh, you know amount to too much at least his rookie year he's battling back from injury right now and then Kobe Bryant the cornerback out of Cincinnati was another guy that I was looking at last year and I was really talking about And I thought that the Raiders were going to come out of the draft last year with at least one corner and they didn't right they went and got uh, a couple running backs they went and got a couple defensive tackles they went and got a couple offensive linemen but no no cornerbacks. So I thought, you know, Woolen Bryant, those were two guys that were possibilities. Bryant ended up going in the fourth round to Seattle as well. So think about that. The Seahawks had two rookie defensive backs playing, and they played really well for, uh, for Seattle in 2022. So uh, I want to know today from you, Raider Nation. It's 702-365-9200. We'll also get into this conversation with Vinny Bonsignor when he joins us at 230 because I'm sure he has, he's sifting through all the, all the players that are going to be available in this upcoming draft. But I want to know, who is a draft prospect That you've got your eye on that you feel like might be flying a little bit under the radar, that you think, okay, that's going to be a perfect fit for the silver and black. Who is that one guy that you're looking at? Or maybe it's a couple guys. Maybe there's a handful of guys. Because again, we talk about, you know, the big names, the guys that we think are going to be in the green room in Kansas City. It's easy to pick those guys and say, oh, yeah, that's going to be a good player. Like, I mean, I'm not going out on limb when I'm saying, hey, Jalen Carter's going to be a stud. Yeah, we know that. Whoa,
0: whoa. Right, right. Hot sports takeover there. Right, exactly. Put out a banner on ESP. Let's go. Man,
2: I'm trying to tell you, you know, Tyree Wilson, that's a guy that most likely is going to be a really good player. Christian Gonzalez, that's DB1, you know, or DB2, whatever the case, him in with a spoon are right there, depending on what flavor you prefer. So it's, its again, it's easy to kind of sift through the, some of these players and say, yeah, that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the guy, but everyone can't be the pick of the team because it's, its uh, most of the guys that we're talking about are first round picks, right? Even quarterbacks, right? We're talking about the big four, maybe even big five, if you include and Hooker, but there could be a, a, a late-round quarterback that, that we're missing out on, that we're not thinking about, that is flying under the radar that you think, you know what, the Raiders should take a look at. I mean, even Stetson Bennett, who's going to be a later-round pick, I mean, even his name is a, is a bigger name that a lot of people know, and he's got a couple national championships, so I wouldn't even say that he's flying under the radar as much as certain guys like maybe a Clayton Toon out of Houston who not too many people are talking about, or even Jake Hainer out of out of Fresno State. I know a lot of people know him because he's at Fresno State, but... Uh, a lot of people don't really know what he brings to the table and the fact that when he wasn't playing for Fresno State, when he was injured last year, how bad they were and how badly they needed him back into the mix. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different players that are flying under the radar, but I, I would love to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200, and also our Don'tBeBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Who is a draft prospect or prospects that you have your eye on that may be flying a bit under the radar? And the other thing, Lindsay, this this exercise is good for and especially with the big audience that we have that listens to Red Nation Radio 920, you're from all over. Like we have Tim in Texas. So maybe he sees someone at Texas Tech outside of Tyree Wilson that's like, hey, need to pay attention to that guy. Or maybe there's someone in Arkansas that's saying, oh, wait, hold on, this player, or Iowa, right? I mean, we've had plenty of people call and say, oh, these, there's multiple players at Iowa that you should be paying attention to, not just Lucas Van Ness. That's the beautiful thing about it because we have such a broad, uh, you know, spectrum of listeners and where they're calling in from. There's, there might be some guys that you just happen to watch on Saturday.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: but I mean, like when I was covering Baylor, there was always, oh man, that, like Xavier Howard, for example, perfect example. Mm-hmm. Xavier Howard was a ball hawk when he was at, at uh, Baylor, and he had transferred in from Houston. He had transferred in, and he had like 10 interceptions in his Baylor career, which was very short. And I was like, man, that guy is pretty stinking good, but he still shocked us when he declared for the draft. I remember asking him, like, are you sure you're ready to come out already? He's like, what else do you want me to do? Right. Got like ten career interceptions. What right. else? I mean, what, what else, else do you... I have
0: to approve at this level?
2: Exactly. So when he said it like that, I was like, well. Yeah, you're right. And right. he ended up being the first Baylor player off the off the, uh, off the the board that year and probably the most successful.
0: So I like our own little special recruiting database because sometimes you can just tell when somebody has it or, yep. or when they've mastered that level. That's how we would look at uh, coaching kids up in, when I was still coaching back in Minnesota coaching hockey is that you have a lot of parents or kids that, you know, I should be on the top line. I should be on the top team. <laughs> right. and, and you're like, well – are you dominating at the lower levels? Are it, when you have the puck on your stick, do you know what you're doing with it? Are you right. not playing reactionary? Are you playing more of a, of a tic-tac-toe game where you're just a little bit ahead of everybody else? And so, you're right. We got a, a stable of listeners that have eyes, ears, and uh, a bevy of experience at their disposal.
2: No doubt. No doubt. A- 805 Raider hit us up and said, for all the talk of drafting or not drafting Jalen Carter because the Raiders need a defensive tackle, no one's talking about Kalijah Kansi. He jumps off the table. That's 805 Raider, and Kalijah Kansi comes from Pitt and I'll say this I've talked about him a few times he's definitely a guy that's on my radar and there's multiple defensive tackles that I'm kind of looking at uh, but Kansi is definitely one of them Uh, I also like Brissy out of Clemson and then uh, Van Ness out of Iowa but those those are all going to be first round picks I do believe but that's a good one though Kansi is a good one Uh, of course he got the early comparisons to Aaron Donald I don't want to put that on the young man that's asking a whole lot right hey no pressure just go out and be Aaron Donald Right. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to do that to him, but he is a guy that I'd be definitely very interested in. Right. To say the least, I think that there is no doubt uh, he could be a big time player in the NFL. But uh, he's he's just sitting behind Jalen Carter because, well, Jalen Carter is the best of the best when it comes to the defensive tackles. The questions with Jalen Carter is I think there's two questions with Jalen Carter. Obviously, we all know about the stuff off the field. I don't have to go through that and redocument it. The other thing is, is he going to go all the time? Right. That's that's the thing. Is he going to go all the time? Like there's different reports. Even Matt Miller said, you know, when we had his very lengthy uh, answer about about uh, Jalen Carter and said that whatever team gets him. And we played it the other day, Lindsay, is that Mm -hmm. uh, you probably have to get someone that's just about like a babysitter. Right. That's
0: exactly what he said.
2: Right. And so that to me,
0: what's your motivational motor? Right. Right. Uh, If you need if
2: you need a babysitter, that's not for me. That's not really for me. and I. Get it, man. This is a different ball game, and these guys are such great players that maybe that's worth it. You know, I had a, uh, I had a homeboy uh, in the Bay, Jay Valentine. He had a song called She's Worth the Trouble, and mm-hmm. it was great, right? Is this really worth the trouble? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's what right. you got to put it. Is that worth the trouble? Is, is he that great that he's worth having to have a babysitter?
0: Right. And the saying that comes to mind is that, that, at least comes to my mind, is the hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But then I would go and sell it to him and say, what would happen if talent started working hard?
2: Right. Exactly. Like, what could we actually
0: yeah. achieve with what you've been blessed with? What you, the the physical gifts, the gifts you've been able to develop through your years of, of of foundational training and everything else? Like, he, by every conversation that I've heard, is an absolute physical specimen that has right. nothing but the world at his feet. Yeah. And so it's it's a unique. But not necessarily a, a random problem, especially when you get in these big-time sports like this where there's so much money at stake. And so you just think, Oh, well, I'm want i motivated because I want to be great. I'm motivated because I want to help out my family. I'm motivated. you got to figure out what mm-hmm. exactly that is they need to tap into. But you would hope if you're going to spend that much capital on one person, they'd already have that figured out.
2: Right. But if he can, I mean, but that's the big but, right? If he can figure it out, right. then all of a sudden he is this dude. Right. And some guys, it clicks. Some guys, once they get out of school, they're like, okay, I don't have to worry about school anymore, regardless of how much they cared about it at the point. Right. Uh, I don't have to worry about school now. I can just focus on my job. And sometimes that's all it takes. And then sometimes it doesn't. Right. I mean, I I talk about he would be the best defensive tackle since Daryl Russell. I'm not going to lie. As much as I like Daryl Russell, he never really quite figured it out either. I mean, Daryl Russell was, for all his talents, I mean, that was a dude and rest in peace to Daryl Russell. But I mean, I I used to see him in the club all the time, right? I mean, we hung out in the club all the time in the Bay. So I'll, let he me tell you. He wasn't making
0: curfew, was he? No, oh, he wasn't God, making no. curfew. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> I'm sure there was times Darryl Russell went onto that field at the Coliseum there in Oakland smelling reeking like the club. I have a little no
0: dehydrated, thing. yeah, No Pedialyte in that day either. None,
2: none. Nope. But he still went out there and balled out. And some of those guys, they just have that, you know. And 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 that's what it is. They're they're able to go out there and and just kind of flip that switch when it's game time. But uh, yeah, that that's what you hope with a guy like Jalen Carter, regardless of what team takes him, Raiders or not, whoever takes him, just like okay. Hopefully he figures it out, and he doesn't need someone to be that babysitter. But uh, what I really want to know, like I said, who's the draft prospect that you got your eye on, or maybe even prospects? Maybe there's a couple of them that you feel like is flying under the radar, and not enough people are talking about six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. That's the don'tbebroke.com. text line, and of course the phone line wide open like some old school TV antennas seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up first?
0: That would be Mitch.
2: Mitch, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch?
4: How you guys doing?
2: We're blessed, man. God
4: bless you. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, that's news to me that Darren Russell passed away. He was one of my favorites out of USC. Big yeah, guy. he was, he was uh, Big awesome. Out awesome. USC. Oh, uh, sorry. I mean, he really uh, shortchanged himself, underachiever. Mm-hmm. Could have been, he could have been a Hall of Famer. There was another one. Um, I think he's playing with the Giants now, the Jets. Yeah. Well, you know, anybody that the Jets touch, something happens. I'm hoping, uh, if it's not Anthony, I don't want anything to do with that Georgia defense tackle. Okay. Today. I'd rather see him, Anthony Richardson, if he's there. Is not the best player available. I like the two guys from USC. One's defense, back, I don't remember his name. But his defense lineman, I don't think he's a first-round talent. But if he's in the second round, and they take a defense tackle in first round, take him. I think his name's Suey. Tui. Tui, okay. Tui, 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 Tui. Tui I got I like you. I to see him go for that. You know, if the if the Raiders are like going to make the playoffs, then I'd rather see him be 0-17 and get that Caleb Williams. No, I'm just driving there with you. But, <laughs> you know, the Drake is good, but Caleb Williams, man. He, him and... Like the NBA guy, everyone's tanking for one of these. They should just have two up ball and spin it. It's it's kind of like officially, especially with basketball, football. I can understand you, you can take a little easy off the gun because it is a rough sport, but basketball, it's a little politics there. Anyway, thanks for taking my call.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you, Mitch. And uh, yeah, man. There's again, there's some uh, there's some really good players, and you know, I think USC in, in particular, as you brought up USC. Uh, they really had a a good bounce-back year, obviously, under Lincoln Riley. And so uh, the attention that they would normally get because they're USC, now it's actually warranted, right? I mean, because the guys are actually out there performing. And uh, I'm really excited for uh, Bishop Gorman's own Zachariah Branch, who is at USC now, and he's doing his thing. I'm excited about what he could bring to the table, especially being coached up by Lincoln Riley. So, yeah, there's a lot of players that you're going to start noticing from USC that are also not going to just come into the league with, oh, well, he's got potential, but they're going to be coached up already so they're already going to show who they are and i think you're going to start seeing a lot more usc players drafted a lot higher as well but we'd love to hear from you again 702-365-9200 that is our uh, phone line of course at derbybroke.com text line is 69187 keyword rnr got a couple texts here right from a uh, mailman raider hell q you could put carter next to mad max in his motor i can see i can see that pushing the young man that's a possibility
0: that's a fair point that's
2: yeah that's a fair point i mean you know but again it's It's got to be something about you. You have to want to. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much pushing that a guy like Max could do, and I'm sure he would, right? I'm sure Max would be in his ear. I'm sure Chandler Jones would be in his ear. Those are two guys that I would say would be very good for Jalen Carter. But the problem is, would he be able to do it without them, right? I mean, it's like, okay, it's one thing when someone's in your ear and you're responding when you're at work, but when you're away from the facility and you're away from Max and you're away from Chandler, would you be able to, Remember what they said and, and start to uh, adhere to it and, and kind of live it instead of having to hear someone in your ear all the time.
0: Well, and then there's that that C to J moment that we all have that say we haven't been giving our all to a certain opportunity and we start doing that and then Mm -hmm. it still isn't enough. Right. There is going to be failure. That's the whole part of the process. How are you going to respond? Are you going to continue and and buy into the process and put your head down and keep grinding at something that doesn't come naturally to you? Or are you going to regress back to to previous behaviors and just kind of let the game come to you rather than attacking that and your potential? That's really where I I, I'm really curious about these young guys is when they're finally told no right? and 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 mm-hmm. how they respond to that because there's so many different avenues in everyday life away from the field in which we say pass, go and collect $200. Pass, go and collect $200. Right. Especially these high-end, high-end prospects like Jalen.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Jim from Yonkers hit us up. com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Uh, it, it is 5 o'clock already on the East Coast. You stole my thunder. Stetson Bennett. So there you go. Stetson Steady B! Ben. That's the guy that's getting a lot of love. A lot of people are talking about him. I guess when you're a two-time national championship winner, you'll get that. And, and it's funny because as we do deep dives on these different college quarterbacks that are out there, especially when we were talking to Bryce Young and just kind of had uh, college analysts that, uh, that are, have covered the game like a glove, they all tell me, like, Q, his size is similar to, to Bryce Young. He's actually a little bit bigger, and his arm is just as strong. And, oh, by the way, he's won two national championships, so he actually could play – on this level, it's just a lot of people look at him as, ah, he's not going to do anything in the NFL. So, there's that. But thank you, uh, Jim, for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, got another text, that we'll get and then we'll take a break. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q and Lindsay, good afternoon on this beautiful Thursday here in the Bay. It's actually a beautiful day today here in Vegas as well. It's supposed to uh, be really nice this upcoming weekend. I'm excited for that. Looking forward to it. Uh, he said, loving today's topic. That one guy who's flying under the radar who I hope our Raiders are seeing is cornerback DJ Turner from Michigan. He's got great combo of speed and fluidity. Ran a 4-2-6 in a 40-yard dash to the combine. He can mirror receivers every move. If we could snag him in round two, that would be a huge asset for our defense. Lindsey, mix vodka with my whiskey, and you have yourself an unbelievable sports night. And no, I'm not talking about $1 steaks. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey. Oh, we Raider. need
0: a name for this drink. I've never attempted that before. That's, that, sounds like, that-, that sounds like that sounds like an early acquaintance with my bed, though.
2: I'm about to say that sounds like an early acquaintance with death.
0: Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> mixies is usually with a non-alcoholic beverage, but right. you were just looking to fight fire with fire. And I mean, depending on the context, I haven't gone out for my birthday yet, so maybe that's this is the time to test that.
2: My man said mix vodka with my whiskey, and you have yourself an unbelievable sports night. I mean, now. I don't remember all the all the ingredients that go into Long Island Iced Teas. I know when I Is was younger. Is that on track? I, I don't know. They have a lot of different drinks in the Long Island. I mean, a lot of different liquors in the Long Island Iced Tea. And I remember I used to dibble oh, down Went on
0: the island.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. But we had a club that we went to uh, in Visalia, California. And they had, I think on Wednesday night, it was $2 Long Island night or something like that. And sure. It was a long. You night. partook,
0: didn't You <laughs> You dabbled. I mean, no, you know, you know, when, you know, you know, when you're, you're in the club, you're on a budget.
1: You're on
2: you know, a budget. I'm balling on a budget. Yep. Balling on a budget. I had there to make that ten dollars last, so you know, there you go. two dollars in a tip might get uh, you know get get it pretty far on two dollar nights. So there is that, sir. Whiskey, right? Thanks for that text. I do appreciate you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you. You know, who's the draft prospect that you got your eye on that may be flying a bit under the radar? Last year, I was talking about Tariq Woolen, Fadarian Mathis from Alabama, and Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. This year, it's Emmanuel Forbes. He's one of my guys. Uh, Andre Carter. That's another guy that I like. Uh, the linebacker out of, uh, out of Army. And the reason I really like him is because he's disciplined. He went to Army. Right? I mean, those guys, if you want to he's talk he's gonna show
0: up 10 minutes early, let me tell you.
2: Exactly right. He ain't gonna You're <laughs> in time gonna...
0: you're late in that club.
2: Boom, there it is right there. Andre Carter, he's got a little something something and then uh Drew Sanders. He's also uh, you know, the linebacker, outside linebacker, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. He went to Alabama originally and went to Arkansas. I think that dude's a guy who can get after it as well. So those are a couple guys that I got flying uh, under the radar for me that I'm uh, pretty intrigued by, but I think the Raiders could uh, you know, really benefit if they were to pick those guys up, but who is it on your mind? Again, 702-365-9200. That's our radio Nation listener line. And, of course, the Don't Be Broke.com text line at 69187, keyword RNR. Don't call us just yet. we got a guest coming up next, and that's Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and right here at the Morning Tailgate on Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: Now
0: back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
2: Through the question out there, we'd love to hear your response on the Don't Be Broke.com text line at 69187, keyword RNR. and Who is a draft prospect that you got your eye on, or maybe a couple draft prospects you got your eye on, that are flying a bit under the radar? For example, last season, Tariq Woolen was my guy, Fadarian Mathis out of Alabama was my guy, and Kobe Bryant. Two of the three had really good seasons. Tariq Woolen had a great season for Seattle. Kobe Bryant did the same. Fadarian Mathis only played four snaps, and he got injured, and so he's uh, battling back. But those are kind of the three guys I was really pounding the table for that were under the radar a little bit last year. This year... For me, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. will actually get a little bit of detail on him coming up at 3 o'clock when we talk to Stefan uh, Kreishnik from uh, the Clarion Ledger. He'll give us all the details on Emmanuel Forbes. I'm excited about him. But uh, who's the one that's on your mind? Six nine one eight seven keyword R&R. Got a text from uh, someone in the 239. Says, I don't think he's under the radar because I hear our boy Vinny talking about him, too. But... Jake Hainer, cornerback for Fresno. I think he has Drew Brees ceiling. Would be a great value pick in the fourth round. Exactly the type of quarterback Josh likes in the system. Intelligent, accurate, and tough. And speaking of Vinny, he joins us now on the phone lines. Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920. And we'll start with you, Vinny, and Jake Hainer. Uh, our texter said that you talk about Jake Hainer and possibly a good pick in the fourth round. What are your thoughts on, uh, on, on Hainer?
3: Yeah, uh, I do like uh, Jake, and I've been doing a lot of uh, film work uh, on him over the last, I'd say, week or so. Uh, there's a lot out there. Uh, there's a lot to digest. Um, I, I feel like he's really well coached, first and foremost. You know, playing for Jeff Tedford for the time that he did at Fresno State. Um, he's worked with some pretty darn good quarterbacks over his career, including Aaron Rodgers back in the day at Cal. Um, and, and I feel like the offense that they ran at Fresno State, it wasn't you know, necessarily an RPO type of an offense. Uh, there was a lot of decision making that he had to do at the line of scrimmage, calling um, you know some of the blocking uh, uh, patterns and making making uh, changes at the line of scrimmage. Like his accuracy, uh, there's some things to work on, absolutely uh, without question. But uh, but I think that Jay Kaner is somebody that if I'm a Raider fan, I'm keeping an eye on.
2: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and again, I mean, uh, uh, it kind of told me a lot, Vinny, when I noticed that Fresno State was good when he was playing. Then he got injured and they were really doing bad, and then when he came back, and really an injury that I didn't think he was going to come back and play at all the rest of the season, came back, and you saw them start playing really well again.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think he was playing through some stuff that, you know, you're talking about the injury that, you know, as you said, you didn't think he was even going to come back. Yeah. And I felt like he did, which showed a lot of courage on his part and a lot of care on his part. He He could have just, you know, gone away and started focusing on the next chapter of his career, but he didn't. Uh, and I think he still played well, even though I'm pretty sure he was dealing with something. So that tells you a little bit of uh, something about what he's got inside uh, as well.
2: Right. And if the Raiders were to get him or any other quarterback in the fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, later rounds, I mean, how how valuable at least an opportunity is that to see what the guy has, potentially have him as a backup? Maybe he could transition into a starter at some point. And, and if it just doesn't work out, you don't feel bad because you're not missing on a first rounder.
3: Yeah, not uh, exactly, and and here's the thing. Um, you know, we were talking about this in the morning show this morning, or I think it was yesterday. Uh, but but Josh McDaniels has shown that he could be flexible in terms of all right. Uh, the players are going to decide when he's ready to be the next number two, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, in last year's case, we all assumed that it was going to be a running back by committee last year. Well, Josh Jacobs said, no, it's going to be. No need for a committee. I can handle this. My uh, you know uh, by myself. And Josh Daniel said, "Okay, great. You know, change the plans and and let Josh do his thing. So, if you bring in a J.K. Jo- uh, or you know anyone that they right. that they bring in, if it's not that first round pick, um, they're going to be given time. And there's a, a quarterback room that's been created that's going to allow them that time to maybe start off at number three, uh, and then when he's ready to move into the number two role." Uh, if that's this year or next year or the number one role next year, uh, I think that that's going to be afforded to them. And that's what I like about this quarterback room is that there's no need to be urgent about it. You know, uh, they're, whoever they bring in, they're going to be able to bring in at a, at a nice pace. And I think that player is going to decide when they're ready for the next steps of their career.
2: Vinny you is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. on Unnecessary Roughness. Lindsey's got one for you. Go ahead, Lindsey. Hey,
0: Vinny. Let's switch sides uh, to the other side of the ball. If you were competing in the AFC West against the lineup of juggernaut offenses, what would you value more defensively, turnover specialists or tight coverage disruption technicians? Ooh.
3: Oh, man. Um,
0: Ooh, I like it.
3: Both. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I hate to – I don't want to feel like I'm dodging the question, but there is both – but if you were to, if you, if I was to really think about it, somebody that can make a play back there, and if that means, you know, whether coming up with the interception, tipping it for an interception for for another player, just as as Josh McDaniels talked about, and Q is there, somebody to get their hands on the ball or get their hands on the quarterback, one or the other. Um, and so if you're talking about somebody in the secondary, certainly someone that has um, the confidence to make the to go try to make the play. You know, the vision and all that and the athletic ability as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would probably – oh, man. I would probably go for somebody that's going to force some turnovers.
0: You're a gambler. I, I think you fit the market here, Vinny.
3: Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Uh, but <laughs> not at the expense of giving up big plays. So there, there has to be some prudence. In that gambling, you have to know what you're doing.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, that's that's a good idea. Know what you're doing. That's a really good idea. Take your word (laughs) for it. You don't
3: want to. You just. You know. uh, You 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 come up with three interceptions on the air, but, you know, you give up four long ones, too. Uh, can't have that kind of ratio.
2: No, I got you. I got you. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary roughness. So, uh, the Raiders have Bryce Young in today. Anthony Richardson will be in tomorrow. They have Will Levitt in earlier. Uh, Albert Breer pointed out that they're going to have uh, Stroud and, and Hendon Hooker in next week. So, all the quarterbacks they're doing their due diligence on. What do you think, or what do you know is the end goal as far as what they're trying to come up with, and what are they trying to figure out when they have these top 30 visits? Yeah, um,
3: If if they stay at number seven, they want to have everything that they need to know in case one of those quarterbacks falls to them. If there's a quarterback that falls, and I'm not still convinced yet, uh, or I'm not convinced yet, that. You know, Stroud and Young go number two. Anything can happen. What, what, you know, who's to say that the you know, Panthers owner doesn't fall in love with Anthony Richardson? Uh, maybe maybe he sees, uh, you know, I know he wasn't there when Cam Newton was there, but sees the next Cam Newton and says, why don't we try that again? Why don't the Panthers give that a shot a- again? And if that happens, then all of a sudden at number three, you know, uh, after Houston, maybe Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is available. So you bring in a Bryce Young just in case there's some kind of calamity at the top of the draft, or a CJ Stout, obviously, and all of a sudden that one of those two quarterbacks might be there at number three, and and the Raiders need to know bringing in a Bryce Young today. Hey, um, we're going to get one more look at this guy. I met with him, you know, in Tuscaloosa at the pro day, and uh, you know, uh, went to dinner with them, have a pretty good feel for him. But let's just get one more look, one more chance to talk to him extensively uh, on this visit today in, in Henderson, just in case he does fall to number three or beyond. Is that somebody that we really want to not only invest in, but give up what it's going to take to go get him? So I think they're do, they're, they're just trying to cover all of their bases uh, so that they're ready to act uh, depending on what the situation demands.
2: Well, I was on the call, as you know, with Todd McShay from yeah. ESPN, and he mentioned to me, because I asked him, hey, should they be interested in trading up for Anthony Richardson? He said, hey, from what I'm hearing, and of course it's, it's draft season, so you take it with a grain of salt. But what he's hearing, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, No one else in the top ten as far as quarterbacks they're interested in. They're working on, you know, working up the rest of the team. So, you know, if one of those guys were to fall at number three, do you think that the Raiders should go ahead and and, and pay whatever capital it costs to go up and get those guys?
3: If it's a C.J. or or a uh, Bryce? Yep, yep. Yeah, I think you do. I think you do. I mean, I'm not in Dave Ziegler's head, so I don't know exactly what he's thinking about either of those two. Uh, But if he does, if he feels like, hey, we can't leave this, uh, opportunity on the table we got to go get this quarterback because we think this quarterback is going to be the guy that's going to be the quarterback for the next 10 12 years then you have to do it now when we talk about an anthony richardson um you know he's been connected to the Raiders for a long time but for the, my earliest of hearing that um was a while ago we're talking about like in december or so and at that point i don't think anyone had any um mm-hmm. notion that anthony richardson was going to be a, a top 10 first round pick or even a first round pick uh, as it is, so you're, you were. They were looking at him, and I think other teams were looking at him beyond the first round. And then that at that point, um, you know, going to to what uh, to, to what uh, McChay said, that makes a lot of sense in the second round. Now all of a sudden, it's a really it's a great value pick at number seven in in the top ten. I'm not quite sure either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is worth that kind of a gamble. I think that if you're the Raiders at number seven, moving up to get a Stroud or a uh, or, or or a Bryce Young. It's got to be somebody that you are almost 100% sure is going to be a dynamic player for you for years to come. A guy like Anthony Richardson can be, but there's still the possibility that that he won't reach that ceiling or won't get there. I don't think that they can afford to chance that high of a pick on somebody that they're not 100% sure is going to turn out to be who they think he's going to be.
2: You know, and Vinny, one of the things I've been saying is that they've got to get an alpha dog, right? If they don't get a quarterback yeah. in the top 10, just say they stay there at, at number 7. I, I keep saying that they've got to get the best at whatever position. If that's a corner, that's a defensive lineman. Whatever the case may be, they need more alphas on the team. They have max and they need more, on the, especially on the defensive side of things. So, would you be interested in a Tyree Wilson? Would you be interested in a Jalen Carter? Would you be interested in a Christian Gonzalez, a, Devin Witherspoon what's your flavor right there at number seven
3: although all three of those players are, are, <laughs> are worthy picks now here's the thing with Jalen Carter and I think he comes in next week uh, he's got some convincing to do um, he's still on the Raiders board uh, the Raiders have not ruled him out uh, by any stretch of the imagination but they haven't also ruled him in uh, at number seven there's got to be um, Jalen has some some ground to make up let's put it that way and I don't think that that's just with the I think it's a number of teams in the top ten that need to hear something, that need to see something, uh, that really need to sit him down and try to get to the root of whatever those issues were uh, and have been uh, at Georgia. So um, if if, if, he's, if he's able to check off those boxes, I think he'd be a good uh, pick at number seven. I'm not quite sure that's going to happen yet, but we'll see. Um, Kyrie Wilson, absolutely. Uh, that's somebody that they feel could get his hands on the quarterback a lot, opposite uh, you know, Max Crosby, uh, Witherspoon, Gonzalez, I think, and either of those two cornerbacks are, are exactly what you just said, dogs. Um, you know, dynamic players, guys that are going to bring something to the table and do it immediately. So I, it's almost like you can't go wrong right there with any of those players that you talked uh, about. There's a little asterisk right now uh, next to Jalen Carter's name, but outside of that, I don't think you could go wrong with any of the guys you just mentioned. Sticking
2: thinking with Jalen Carter real quick, and we had someone hit us up earlier today on our don'tbebroke.com text line and said, you know, could you imagine Jalen Carter in the middle with Max Crosby on one side and Chandler Jones? And I immediately thought about not even on the field. I thought about in the locker room. You want to talk about guys that have structure and are leadership quality guys. That's Chandler and Max, especially Chandler. We heard that all last year, right? Even when he wasn't producing is just how how important he was to the team in general with his leadership and what he brought to the practice field and everything else. Do you think that the Raiders locker room in general has the structure to be able to keep a guy in Jalen, like Jalen Carter kind of in line and not, not off the field, but just how to be a pro, how to, how to show up to practice every day, how to show up to game time and play every snap and not take snaps off?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, but I also have to fall back to this. We had Sean Merriman on our show uh, yesterday. He's like, hey, man, sometimes there are certain guys that just are beyond the help. You no, know, and mm-hmm. and he's like, there's been t- plenty of guys that he's crossed paths with over his career that had some checkered past and some red flags, and that wanted to help and 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 was open to it and was you know not I wouldn't say savable, but you know what I'm saying, like yeah. they were able to that structure in his locker rooms and Sean Marion's locker rooms, himself included, uh, were able to get that guy on on the right path and keep him on the right path. But he but he did say, but there's also guys that are just. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what you try, no matter how um uh you know uh, the the infrastructure, how solid the infrastructure is in your locker room and your organization, there's some guys that just it just doesn't work with, and I think that's the question with the Jalen Carter I think absolutely the Raiders have the proper in, interest, interest infrastructure mm-hmm. in place to be able to uh take on a challenge like that, but then ultimately, it comes down to Jalen Carter, and I guess that's the big question. Is he fit right? Does he is he built the right way in order to accept that kind of infrastructure and and be able to to stay on the on the straight and narrow? And I think that's the big question. I don't know how you answer that until you actually get the guy in your building and 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 you know if you think that he can and are, are feel like feel like you've heard enough from him, uh, then then okay, bring him in. But if if you even have the slightest bit of hesitation. I think that's something that you just pass on.
2: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. You know, we kind of talked about that before you came on. I mean, it's it's up to him too. I mean, if you have to have a babysitter, and, and that's you know, just I I use the Dez Bryant example. When the Cowboys had Dez, they they basically hired a a babysitter to make sure that he stayed out of trouble and he was able to uh, you know get to practice on time and all that other stuff. And I'm like, that's just that's over the top. If you have to have that guy, it's it's it seems like a little much, right? So. There's, I
3: agree. Uh, you know, and you know, uh, it, it has worked. You know, it has, and, you, and the person graduates into a position of I could take it from here. Uh, but 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 there's also cases where they don't, and I, and that's 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 the thing. I mean, it, it just thinking of it like that, like you just described, you're like, wow, is it even worth that? But there are some players that are, and look, we're all we are still talking about. 20, 21-year-old uh, kids that right. aren't finished products by any stretch of the imagination. And some guys just need a little bit more of a helping hand. The key is, are they going to accept that help?
2: Right. No, that's a That's a great one. That's a great way to put it right there. As we let you go, Vinny, uh, is there anyone, I know we talked about Jake Hayner, anyone else that you see that's kind of flying under the radar that you're pretty intrigued by?
3: Yeah. Um. I mean, I've, I've, I've been talking about the, the Iowa linebacker. Uh, mm, also, Campbell. Yeah, yep. Here's a guy that, that Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion, uh the tight end uh for from Old Dominion. I, I don't know if you saw that game when they beat I forget, I think they beat Virginia Tech or Virginia, but uh it was a, it was a great game for Old Dominion and they had some players all over the field, one of which uh, was was Zach Kuntz, the uh the 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 tight end. So, not quite sure where he slots in, um but uh but but somewhere in the third, fourth, fifth round or so. Uh, but he's a guy that I think is going to open some eyes when he gets to the NFL.
2: There you go, good stuff right there, Vinny Bonsignor, Again, you can find his work on the RJ, the Review Journal, and of course, you can hear him here on Radio Nation Radio 920. What are you dropping, man? What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for?
3: Yeah, uh, just keep track of these uh, these thirty visits. I do have something uh, written up about that and kind of explaining what the thirty visits are, um, and and you know sometimes it's a good sign, sometimes it's not. It's it's a it's a not so good sign. Because sometimes teams just want to bring somebody in that has some red flags and that has some concerns, and give them kind of one more chance to show: Are you worth? You know, are 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 you somebody that we should keep on our board? Um, and, and you, you hopefully they, they they check off those those boxes. But there are definitely cases where guys leave the building, and there's coaches that say that's the last time we ever want to see that dude in this building. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's that there's that goes on as well. So uh, it's interesting to sort of read the tea leaves on who who teams bring in and the reasons why they're bringing them in.
2: I think I had a couple of teachers in school say that about me. That's the last <laughs> time too, I ever man. want that dude. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Get Mr. Myers out of here. Get him out yeah. of here quickly. So there you go. Vinny, great stuff as always, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right, guys. Have a great show. All right. Thank you, brother. Vinny Bonsignore from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920. You can catch him every morning with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And he does have a piece out right now on the RJ about the top 30 visits and what they mean and some of the players that are coming in to visit at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. 2.48 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Got one quick text. On the Wbroke.com text sign 69187 Keyword R and R talking about under-the-radar players. This one's from the 707. My big under-the-radar guy is Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois. I also like Brake Freeland, uh left tackle from BYU and uh Dane D- uh, Dylan Daylon Henny, Henley. I couldn't, yep, yeah, my bad. Linebacker out of Washington yep. State. Apologize for that. <laughs> my bad. But uh yeah, good stuff right there for the 707. And when it comes to Sydney Brown, we actually talked about him. On yesterday's show, we had a, uh, a guy from the Illinois Inquirer uh, talking about Devin Witherspoon, but also talked about safety, uh, Sidney Brown. So I wanted you to hear a soundbite that uh, we got from uh, Todd McShay as I was on his pre-draft conference call yesterday. I thought of some really good stuff. One guy who I really became a big fan of at the Combine was Nolan Smith, and it was just the way that he approached everything. I mean, he's just one of those guys that he's high energy, he's high effort. Obviously, you know, he's got the winning pedigree. He's a guy that could have left to go to the league last year. He decided not to. He came back, was injured this year, so he didn't get to play out the whole season, but he was there for his teammates. He's just a hell of a dude. He he commanded the room there in Indianapolis at the Combine, and so he really uh, made a lot of fans those couple days there in Indy. So here's, uh, here's Todd McShay talking about Georgia's Nolan Smith.
1: Nolan Smith is interesting because – I think he's a three-four edge, but I also think in some schemes he may he may be like an off-the-ball linebacker that an obvious passing downs you're turning loose off the edge. You know, he, he's just he's unique in that way. So I, I look at it and I, I just think, but with Nolan Smith, you're getting obviously the the freakish athletic ability. You know, the the speed that he brings is is just so unique. I, what did he run a four? What was it? I'll look at it. I think he ran the four threes at 238 pounds. He's 6'2, 238, and he ran a 4'39 in the 40 with 41 and a half inch vertical. And you see on tape, like I know he's only 238, but man, he plays tough. And he he mixes it up with bigger, bigger blockers, bigger backs. Um, he, he's not just one of those, you know, track guys, speed guys off the edge. He he's a physical run defender who's gonna make you work for everything you got um and then he can explode off the edge he's got I think he's got to work on his counter moves and and kind of working through contact as a as a pass rusher but he he is an alpha dog and he's the type of guy you come in like in a year or two he's going to be the, the quarterback of the defense he's going to be the leader of that group and he just loves the game so uh, players like that you, you feel good about I know he's coming off the, the peck injury and it was a setback this year, but it shouldn't be a long-term issue. And as he continues to get bigger and stronger, you know, working as a full-time job in the NFL, I think he's going to become a, a really, really good um, every-down player and also a leader on, on defense in the NFL.
2: There you go right there. That was uh, Todd McShay from uh, yesterday, the little pre-draft conference call. Really good stuff right there on Nolan Smith. Smith and I like what he said. He's going to be a leader of the defense. You know, he's going to be that alpha dog. Those are all, that's, that's music to my ears. When that's I, literally
0: what you were <laughs> asking Vinny about. Right,
2: exactly. Alpha dogs, alpha dogs, alpha dogs. Again, the Raiders need more of those guys. Now, he's not a guy that's going to drop into round two. He's going to be a first round pick, Nolan Smith. So uh, he's one of those guys that I bring him to the table because maybe the Raiders trade back. Maybe, you know, a lot of people have called in and said, hey, trade back, collect more picks. Maybe they do trade back. And maybe the best player available at that time, in their opinion, is Nolan Smith. Well, sounds like he'd be a really good one and we know the kind of effort he gave at georgia i feel like he's going to be really good on the next level he's just got to get into an opportunity and whoever gets him i think is going to get a really good player 256 is the time when we come back we'll do a little deep dive when it comes to mississippi state and more importantly emmanuel forbes as we'll have stefan krasnik uh, from the clarion ledger he'll join the show this is Radish Radio.